Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Unless you are probably at least in your 40s, you don't have any firsthand recollection of the singer by the name of Lynn Anderson. One of the songs that she sang had these words, I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. Now I know that the song and the singer go together because as we were recording the Church Debater podcast this afternoon, I asked Greg Collins, who is the resident trivia expert exactly who it is that said that. No, Cheryl, you are in one area, not in all. <laughs> he is in all. But anyway, I know that's the case. Now, here's the concept. Can you think about that? All of us can say in our marriages, for instance, neither one of us promised the other one a rose garden. Well, that's not exactly true as I think about it. Because we also know from another song that every rose has a thorn. Think about that for a minute as we continue our discussion today about God's comfort in uncomfortable situations. Tonight the idea is God never promised to take away uncomfortable things. God promised comfort. He never promised comfortable. This morning, if you didn't know it, it was a very proud moment for a lot of us. Uh, my grandson Ezra read the scripture reading. And I know that he was uncomfortable. That's not an easy thing to do for the first time. God never said that all of our lives will be comfortable. But he did promise comfort in the uncomfortable. So tonight, as we've seen the promise of God this morning, tonight we notice the other side of that. And we talk about or think about the uncomfortableness of Christianity. The text that was just read highlights a number of things that Paul said he had endured. Things that were a problem to him. Things that were uncomfortable. In verse 12, he makes this generalized statement. All who will live godly will suffer persecution. Well, is that text intending to say that every single person who is a Christian will have their lives threatened and go to jail and be tortured? When we think about persecution, that's what we think about most often. We think about it because persecution in the lives that we have read about in books like Fox's Book of Martyrs details the persecutions of the Roman Empire to Christians. And we can go down through the centuries and notice all of the different things that happened to faithful people by those who did not appreciate faithfulness. 
And so when we think about persecution, that's where our minds go. And so when this passage says that all who live godly will suffer persecution, we might be drawn to think that God is saying, you're going to be tortured, you're going to be put in jail, you're going to have problems. Not those kinds of problems. God was not saying, watch out, because every Christian is going to jail. Oh, it could still happen. And in places around the world, it still does. But just because we're not in jail, just because our lives are not threatened, does that mean we've never suffered persecution? Christians suffer persecution in many different ways. I'm thinking of Christian parents who have lost a relationship with their children or their grandchildren because those have left the faith. And these Christians have held on to it. And now they're being withheld those relationships. Isn't that persecution? Because of faithfulness? How about a Christian employee who because of high ethical and moral standards will not go along with the underhanded conniving things that the rest of the employees are doing and, and he or she is refused a promotion or a raise because all of those others are doing the underhanded things to get it. But the Christian says, I'm not going to do it. Isn't that persecution? How many Christians have lost friends because they have stood up for things that are right and will not participate in activities that they don't agree with and the friends say, you're just hoity-toity too good for me. I don't need you anymore. Isn't that persecution? And what about a a Christian student who in a class is openly ridiculed for expressing faith in God. That's persecution. And while it may not come to us personally, all we have to do is listen to the news and see the media and look at movies to know that what is happening there is an open ridicule of anything related to faith in God. Isn't that persecution? Just because we don't face the persecution that these Christians were facing doesn't mean that that verse means anything less. It's just different. The things that they had experienced still could happen and do in pockets around the world. But in the United States, so far, we're not there, but where we are. Just as much challenges the faith of people to say, give it up in order to have this. And if they don't give it up, then they lose this. The godly will suffer persecution. I want you to think with me 
for a moment about the difference between comfort and comfortable. I don't think I'm drawing uh, an impossible distinction here. I don't think I'm contrasting these two terms wrongly. The way God uses, as I said this morning, the way God uses the word comfort is not so much about this physical world. It's about the spiritual world that we can find within the, spirit, the physical world. Let me compare or contrast, that is, these two words to, to help us understand when God promises comfort, but he never promises comfortable. What does that mean? Comfortable says, I feel this way. Comfort says, I think. See, comfortable is, th is, is about feeling. It's about how do I feel at the moment? Do, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And, and comfort says, even though I feel uncomfortable, I think about comfort. Because when I turn to Scripture, I know that God says, I want to give you comfort in the uncomfortable. Where does that come from? It's not about feeling. It's about thinking and thought. Number two, comfortable is about selfishness. Comfortable is about me at this moment and what I like and don't like. Comfort is about selflessness. Because in uncomfortable situations, the Christian says, I'm not going to think about this, I'm going to think about this. And so God offers the comfort even when it's not comfortable. Comfortable concentrates on things. Things like padded pews, air conditioning and heat. Shoes, all those things that are nothing wrong in themselves, but that's the primary focus of comfortable. But comfort doesn't focus on things. Comfort focuses on God. Because when things are not comfortable, those who are looking for comfortable are at a loss. But when things are not comfortable, those who are looking for comfort turn to God. And they're okay. Comfortable says, this is what I want. I want this. 
I want this. I want this. But comfort says, I need this. Since the comfortable cannot look past the moment, it's all about the wants. And in uncomfortable situations, this is not what I want. And even if it's not what I want, as a Christian, I'm okay. Because I'm looking for comfort, which is what I need in an uncomfortable situation. Comfortable says, I want to be happy. Whatever I need to make me happy, that's what I want. And I'm going to go get it, and I'm going to use it. It's going to be me. I want to be happy. And i got to have a smile on my face all the time. I have to feel good all the time. That's what comfortable wants and needs, it says. But comfort says, I'm looking for joy. Comfortable isn't always joyful. But uncomfortable can be and is joyful for a Christian because they're looking for comfort. But if you're looking for a comfortable situation and it becomes uncomfortable, you're not happy. But a Christian can always be joyful. Comfortable is constantly looking for an escape from the uncomfortable. That's why the addictions come. That's why the difficulties come. They're always looking to get away from that uncomfortable situation. But Christians are looking for comfort. So they're not trying to escape. They're trying to manage. And God promises comfort in the uncomfortable situation. I will help you manage it, he says. And we talked this morning about all of the ways that God provides an opportunity to manage in those uncomfortable things. Finally, those who are looking for, un, for comfortable situations are looking to be satisfied. While those who are looking for comfort are looking for contentment. There's some moments in my life that I can remember and point to and say, yes, that was when this happened and that's when that happened. And, and, and I still, in my mind, and in case Presley is tuning in, former member, moved to Florida, I can still remember sitting right over there in a Wednesday night Bible class when for the first time I heard someone define so well the difference between satisfaction and contentment. I had missed it. I didn't really understand it. When Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. And Presley simply said this, when you're satisfied, you've had enough. You don't want any more. It was the day of Thanksgiving this year 
when I filled my plate. And I got down to the last few bites, and because my wife has shrunk my stomach, I looked at those last few bites and I said, I can't do it. I was satisfied. But you know what contentment is? Contentment says, this is great, and I want more. The satisfied person is finished. They stop. It's over. The contented person just keeps on going to experience it more and more and more. There's your difference. Comfortable says, I want to be satisfied. Comfort says, I want to be content. One way that I know that God did not promise comfortable is by the terms that he uses to describe for us what Christianity is. Have you thought about this before? Have you ever thought about looking into Scripture and seeing the way that God defines what He expects from us or how He categorizes what the Christian life is all about? So I'm thinking about Luke 14 and verse 27. Jesus said, if a man does not take up his cross... And follow me. He cannot be my disciple. Christianity is defined in terms of bearing a cross. And that can't be comfortable. But there can be comfort in the bearing of that cross. Just think about this. In the bearing of the cross, Jesus provided comfort for us. But if someone were to say, I don't want a cross, I don't want to live a life bearing a cross, then it's because they want to be comfortable, not find comfort. Jesus defined it this way. Come to me, all you who are Weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Well, that sounds good. That sounds peaceful. That's great. Let me lie down and be at peace and rest. But he said, how do you do that? Take my yoke on you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you'll find rest for your souls. Comfortable stops at the end of verse 28. Find rest for your souls. Comfort continues to the verse that says, verse 29, there is a burden and there is a yoke. When comfortable finds out about the burden and the yoke, it's over. When comfort sees it, they understand, and they accept it. 
Jesus said, enter in at the narrow gate. Because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to life. Many go in by it. But narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way that leads to life. And few find it. Why? Because the many are looking to be comfortable. So they take the wide pathway. They take the broad pathway. Why? It's more comfortable. But those who are looking for comfort can find it in that narrow and difficult way that leads to life. The comfortable way is not about sacrifice, but the way of comfort is. Romans 12 and 1 says that this is our sacrifice, what we give and sacrifice and give up of ourselves. It's our spiritual duty to sacrifice. That's not a word that comfortable wants to hear. Comfortable doesn't want to talk about sacrifice and giving up and withholding and restricting. But comfort says, I can do it. And finally, I know that God never intended for comfortable to rule the day in Christianity. Because as Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 in verse 12, he said, fight the good fight of faith. It's not comfortable to be in a war. I didn't serve in the military, but I've heard many people who did. And I never one time heard anyone who served in any branch of the military talk about how easy it was, how comfortable it was. We had comfortable beds. We had delicious food. We got plenty of rest. We had such a good time. That's not a fight. That's not what happens in warfare. And when Jesus described through his word that Christianity is a fight, it's a war, you can't get away from this passage that we are considering. Those who would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's a war, and we are in a fight. So, if God never promised that we would be comfortable, if God never said, I want you to be comfortable, then what is the value of being uncomfortable? 
Is there value there? Well, physically, we can think about it. Physically, we know it is true. Physically, it just makes sense. Do you remember as a child, there were times when, for whatever reason, your legs just hurt. What they call them? Growing pains. That's what it was called. And I get it. Growth through pain. Can't have growth without pain. Makes perfect sense. Those people who, who spend hours lifting weights, in fact, have that slogan, no pain, no gain. Physically, we understand it. We get it. Spiritually, it works exactly the same way. Notice with me for just a moment the value of the uncomfortable. Number one, the uncomfortable exercises my senses while I look for the comfortable, nor for the comfort. Hebrews 5 and 14, the writer talked about those who have reached maturity, who have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. When we go through uncomfortable things, we have to work to find the comfort. We have to push ourselves. We have to discipline ourselves. We have to make sure that we are working toward finding comfort. It doesn't just pop up. We have to do it. We have to push ourselves. We have to say to ourselves, I can do this. And being uncomfortable strengthens our spiritual muscles as we grow into maturity. The second thing I think that is true, the value of the uncomfortable is that it helps us to appreciate God's comfort. If all we've ever known is comfort, comfortable, then we don't really appreciate it. But having gone through challenges, having gone through difficulties, having experienced the uncomfortable, we get to the point where we're able to appreciate the comfort of God. That's why Paul said what he said. In whatever state I am, I've learned to be content. And contentment is a part of the comfort of God. Third, the value of the 
uncomfortable. Times when we just can't figure out what to do. When we just don't know if we're going to make it. Is there value there? The third part is this. By going through it, I am less connected to this world and more connected to the next. The biggest problem that we have probably as people, as Christians, we're just too connected to this world. It's hard to disconnect. You know why? Because we enjoy it. Do you enjoy life? Are you happy? Do you have fun? Do you find things that make you smile? Every one of us can say yes. And, and therefore, we get more connected to the physical things through all of these physical enjoyments. But the uncomfortable keeps us properly disconnected. Remember, Paul said in Romans 12 and 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That proving process means going through the rigors, the discipline, and the struggle and coming out on the other side to know the value of the uncomfortable is that we're able to get through it. We're able to move on less connected to this world than when we first went in. Finally, number four. The value of the uncomfortable can be seen in the fact that because it is uncomfortable, it forces us into action so that we don't just sit down and quit. Let us go on to perfection. We can't just stop. The uncomfortableness of 2020 cannot cause the effect in my life or in yours that we just sit down and give up and quit. And when things that we want and need and we think and appreciate and, and, and the things that are our value system, when every one of them is being challenged and overturned and changed and chaos results, we can't just quit. If you quit, you'll die. If you quit, you'll fade away. You got to keep exercising. We have to keep active. And God knows that. No, He never intended in the original creation for us to be uncomfortable. But he did intend for his people, those two in that garden, to accept him at his word. Had they done so, they would never have experienced 
the effect of sin that made them uncomfortable. The problem was they just didn't appreciate what they had. That's why they failed. And now, ever since then, the challenge has been for us to appreciate what we have as faithful children of God. God promises He will comfort you in every uncomfortable situation. But He will not take those uncomfortable situations away totally. He wants us to know, to grow, to learn, to be improved while we go through because He doesn't want us to be comfortable. He wants us to find His comfort. In Christ, every spiritual blessing resides. Ephesians chapter 1. Therefore, the comfort of God comes in Jesus. Tonight, if you are not finding His comfort, if the world around you is challenging you and causing you to experience all kinds of difficulty, come to Him. Let Him give you comfort and peace in the midst of those difficulties. That's what Jesus offers in His death, burial, and resurrection. And for Christians whose lives are less what they should be because they've allowed the uncomfortable situations of the world to affect their Christian lives, come back to Jesus because that's where real comfort can be found. I hope today has been helpful to you concerning the comfort that God offers in uncomfortable situations. If we can help you at all, please reach out to us. In closing, thank you. There were two who said, here are some things that have happened to make us better, to find comfort from our brethren. One person wrote and said, a whole box of plastic spoons was dumped on our doorstep because in a disease situation or a sickness situation, use a spoon and get rid of it. Use a spoon and get rid of it to keep the disease from spreading. But if you use all the spoons in the morning, you can't eat anything in the afternoon. And the person said, have spoonfuls of a great day. Another said that people have dropped muffins and cookies and desserts, comfort food, on the porch. I'd love to hear from any of you others who have seen and experienced what Christians have done to provide comfort from God through them in our uncomfortable situations. Thank you for joining us this evening. And as always, may God bless our country and our church and each one of us to find comfort in uncomfortable situations. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. 
We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.